want to welcome you just to this exciting moment together as we open our hearts to what the Lord is saying to us. Here's something in the Bible that we just need to pray as we begin. Let us have ears to hear not what Scott is saying, but what the Spirit is saying. He's speaking to his people, and we want to be wide open. We've been in a series of messages concentrating and focusing on not just surviving pandemic times, not surviving quarantine, not surviving timeout, but actually thriving in this season. That's what God wants for you, your family, your business, your loved ones. He doesn't want this just to be getting through. He wants it to be getting over. And as we come now to the fourth chapter in this incredible book that we've been in, Paul in quarantine, Paul in prison, Paul not able to move freely about as he would have liked, he's in prison writing these inspired words. And they give us such wisdom. And of the four chapters, it's not a real long book. In fact, I encourage you to read and reread the book of Philippians. And the fourth chapter has to be my favorite. It is power-packed. And what we're talking about today, it's about strategies to get through this stressful time. Strategies for stress. And the stress we're going to look at is the one he introduces in the opening of chapter 4. There's a stressful relationship between two women. And it could be between two women, it could be between two men, it could be between family members. In this time out time, stress has escalated for a lot of different reasons. Uh, we are not free to go exactly where we want, when we want. Uh, finances have hit people hard during this season, and that can raise the stress of relationships. Uh, homeschooling, those little kids around all the time can raise the stress in relationships. Some people have even had to go through a season of grief and mourning, not able to go to a service, not able to travel, and they've gone through extra stress because of the season that we're in. Well. God has a solution for our stress, especially relational stress that people are facing. I want to go to chapter 4, and I want to go to verse 2, and here's what he's talking about. He's talking these two ladies, uh, Yodia and Sentichi, and he says, I plead with you, I plead with you ladies that you would get along, because something had happened, and it's a mystery. Something had happened to strain that relationship. There was stress in the relationship. And these ladies are um, wonderful. They're leaders. They were people that loved the Lord. So what it tells us is that even in the moment of grace and people of grace and people that love the Lord can get sideways with each other, can get into relational stress. So you can be two people that love God and still be in stress. But the solution is to work towards the goal. And here he gives it to him. I want you to get into the same mind. I want you to get into the Lord. I want to bring you to a place of faith that will make your relationship whole again. Now these ladies weren't just average ladies. God considered them important enough to put them in the scriptures 
uh, and they were leaders. Uh, the language that Paul uses, not a lot of their backstory do we have, but he uses language that shows these were leaders in the church. He calls them uh, working with him in the gospel. That's the same language he used in chapter 2 to talk about his beloved pastor, Timothy. He was in the gospel. So these ladies were with Paul in the gospel. He calls them co-workers, co-laborers, just like his friend Ephaphrodites, also in chapter 2. So he equates these ladies to leaders. In fact, an early church leader, uh, John Chrysanthem, he taught that they were I'm not going to read the whole quote. Uh, it'll be in the quotes, and you can look at the whole quote. But here's what he says. Here's an early church father talking about these ladies. He says they were chief uh, in the church. Uh, he commends them as fellow workers and fellow soldiers. And he talks about them as being ministers in the church. So right from the early church, these ladies were esteemed, and he pleads with them to get along. I think it's interesting to note that it doesn't say what the issue was. That's left as a mystery. I think it's there for a purpose. So that we can read into this story, if I am at stress with anybody, the same appeal goes to you today. That you would let the stress of relational tension go and come into a place of blessing, a place of new thought, of thinking with the Lord about your relationship, and that's what he asked them to do. And then he goes into some principles that help all relationships, in fact, apply to all stressful moments. These are wise words from the book of blessing, wise words from God's heart to us, and here's what he encourages us to do. He says, I'd like you to encourage these ladies to look to some outside wisdom. Have somebody else come in to try to help them. He calls that person the true companion. Again, not named. So that you may be a true companion to help somebody else in relational stress or help somebody else in stress. Or you may need a true companion. He's telling them you've got to address this issue. Don't bury it. Don't ignore it. Deal with it. Just like Jesus encourages us in Matthew 18. He says, when you don't see eye to eye with somebody, you need to deal with them face to face first. That obviously wasn't working for these two ladies. So he says, I'm going to ask somebody else, a wise coach, a wise counselor, unnamed, just called true companion, to help these ladies resolve their issues. So when you can't get together face to face, Deal with the issue, don't bury it, don't ignore it. And if you can't get together, look for a wise third person. Seek wisdom outside the relational tension. Seek wisdom outside yourself for the stressful situation you're in and invite that wisdom in to give you a new perspective, a new game plan, a new way of looking at things, to reestablish the goals that need to be pursued. And so I would just say, this week, if you have relational tension with someone, don't put it off. This week, try to meet face-to-face. -face. Call them up, however you can do that. And if you can't resolve it, then the week after that, find a true companion. Find a person of wisdom to give you coaching, to give you counsel, to help resolve that issue. And why is that important? 
It's important because there's an adjustment to our attitude that will bring you to greater joy. You have to choose this. And I love this verse, the fourth verse of the fourth chapter. Oh, I just, I adore this verse. Rejoice in the Lord, not part-time, not some of the time, but rejoice in the Lord always. Oh, just say it where you are, just always. And again, if you didn't get it the first time, again, I bring you back to it, rejoice. Now remember, I love this verse for a few reasons. One is Paul was in prison when he wrote it. Your joy is not bound and coming from the place you're in. You can be in quarantine. You can be in time out. You can be in a tough place and still practice this truth. Choosing your attitude, adjusting your attitude. I love it because Paul's in prison and he still writes these words, and I love that he just emphasized, hey, your attitude. You need to own your attitude. It is a choice that you make. You exercise your will in your house, under the same roof, in your business, working with the people, living in these times. Choose joy. Some people say, well, I'll rejoice when I feel it. When I feel a certain way, then I'll act a certain way. There's another whole level of abundant livers who say, I'm going to choose to rejoice even when I don't feel like it. I'm going to own my attitude. I'm going to adjust my attitude. And I'm going to not try to feel my way to action. Get this. I'm going to act my way to feeling. And it's much easier to act your way to feeling than to feel your way to action. And just in the relationship that you are in, choose joy as your goal. Don't choose, I'm going to win this argument. I'm going to win this battle. No, choose joy. And where does that come from? Rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice, let me say it slower, in the Lord. He is the source of our joy. He brings us joy in spite of everything that's going on, in spite of the place that we're in. And he wants to bring joy into your home. He wants to bring joy into your heart. I have it written on my mirror. Today I choose joy in the Lord. And I choose to rejoice. I choose to have joy in the Lord always. And I encourage you, and if you didn't get it the first time, Paul says it again, and again I say rejoice. So first of all, if you need outside help, bring it in. Adjust your attitude. The third thing he says to us is to be gently reasonable. And uh, it's a, a, a different way to say it. And uh, it's because this word reasonableness, when he encourages us to let our reasonableness be made known to everyone, the Lord is at hand. This word is, is not an easy word to translate from the original Greek into uh, English expression. In fact, it sometimes translated moderation. It's sometimes translated gentleness. In fact, the amplified version uses a number of words to try to capture this concept. And I wish pray, hope that you will tune in and capture this concept. 
because it will be a blessing in your relationships. The Amplified Version, look at the words that they use to expand on the original language and try to bring it across to the English reader of Scripture. They call it gentleness, let your gentle spirit. And then here are the words to try to expand on what's being talked about. Graciousness, unselfishness, mercy, tolerance, and patience. What he's trying to get across is, and maybe you've heard this uh, phrase, not just the letter of the law, but the spirit of the law. Not just being right, but what's behind being right? What is the, what's the real point? Jesus dealt with people all the time, especially the Pharisees, who were working so hard at the letter of the law, at being right. But they were missing the spirit of the law, which was to bring all people into a relationship with God. So this gentle reasonableness that we're practicing is to be beyond being right in the moment, not just the letter of the law. Maybe you follow this story. Maybe it'll help us to understand the story of this uh, hairdresser in Texas. Um, Shelly has a shop, and uh, she said, I have to open my shop. I, I have to feed my family. My workers literally are not able to feed their families. So she opened her shop using social safety protocols. And they issued a citation. And she ignored the citation. And she was brought in front of a judge. So when they issued the citation, did they have the letter of the law? Yes. When she was brought before the judge, was he in his right to bring her? Yes. He said, would you please apologize for not obeying the letter of the law? She said, I'm sorry, sir. I have to feed my family. They put her in jail. They sentenced her to jail. Now, thanks to God that the Supreme Court of Texas got her out because they said there's something else at work here. It's not just the letter of the law. The spirit of the law is that people will live. We want more people to be alive in our nation. We want, and starving is one way that they won't be alive. So there's the law and then there is the spirit of the law. In your relationships, it's not just about being right. It's about a relationship. You can be right and still destroy a relationship. It's not just the letter of the law. Be gently reasonable. And the reason we need to be gentle is because it works. And we need to look at the reason that we're in this relationship. And the end game of the relationship is not just to be right, but to be reconciled. Now let me say, to have a relationship, it always takes two people to work at that relationship. One person cannot do all the work in a relationship. It takes two people. And both people must be engaged in solving and resolving any problems. One person cannot do it by themselves. If one of the people in the relationship abandons the relationship, one person can't make it happen. So you just say that relationship is, is not open right now. It's closed. But I'm going to always maintain a gentle, reasonable, open heart towards them that if they come back to being reasonable, I'll be open to a relationship. And the reason? He says, because the Lord is near. 
Uh, the word they said in the New Testament was Maranatha. Jesus is coming again. They had an awareness to resolve relationships quickly because Maranatha, the Lord is coming. Again, I'm going to say it to you. Don't put it off. Don't say, well, I'll do this next month. I'll just, I'm waiting for a better time. The time to work on solving your relationships is now. Why? Because Maranatha, the Lord is coming. And we need to keep that in mind. And every strained, stressed relationship diminishes what God wants to accomplish on the planet. I'm going to say that again. Every strained, stressed relationship diminishes what God wants to accomplish on the planet. So we have to be gently reasonable. Not just the letter of the law, the spirit of the law. And then the fourth thing that he... I'm just going to mention this briefly because we talked about it last week from... Philippians chapter 4 and verse uh, 6 and 7. I'll just say it like this. Pray, pray, pray. If you listen and are part of last week's teaching, you know that Paul is asking us not to be anxious about anything. Last week we talked about practicing peace. Today I'm just putting it in its context. It's in the context of chapter 4 where he's addressing this strained relationship and there's a lot of anxiety that comes with a strained relationship. There's a lot of stress that comes with a strained relationship. So here's what he says. Don't be anxious. Don't you let your relationships be stressed out. Don't you be stressed out. Don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, pray. Supplication, pray. Let your request be made known. Pray again. Pray, pray, pray with thanksgiving. Pray for the person that you are not getting along with. And give thanks for them. So I'm just going to put it in here again. Pray, pray, pray. And just say, Lord, what do I appreciate about this person? What was it that originally brought us together? And give thanks for that. And thank God for the strength to resolve the relationship. And thank God for... Uh, his wisdom that he's bringing to you through his word and maybe through that wise counselor. You see things in a new light. So pray, pray, pray with thanksgiving. And then what does he say in verse 7? He says, and the God of peace, the God of peace will fill your mind, will change the way you think, and the peace of God will change your heart. He'll give you peace in your heart and peace in your thinking. It's a new way of living. It's a not stressed out way of living. It's a blessed out way of living. So stop being stressed out and start being blessed out. We do it through exercising grace. Oh, I'm so thankful for you. I appreciate you. And Lord, give me the strength to bring this relationship together. And then he comes to this, and I just want to talk about this. I want to talk about choosing better thoughts. In verse 8, just after he said, hey, don't be stressed out. God will guard your mind and your heart. Now he starts to talk about the mind. He starts to talk about our thoughts. And he says, okay, just like choosing joy, you choose better thinking. And here's what he says. Think about things that are true. Think about things that are honorable. Think about things that are just. Think about things that are pure. Think about things that are lovely. Think about things that are worthy of praise. 
And then here, think about these things. That is choosing not to be anxious, it's choosing peace. It's a choice that we make, that we choose the right thinking. Let, let me just ask you this question. Who is thinking your thoughts? Who is thinking your thoughts? Well, it's you. Now, there are some squatters that don't really have a right to be in the real estate of your mind, and you've got to recognize them for who they are. They're squatting in their, your mind, trying to think thoughts that are not helpful to you. They're stressing you out. So just choose better thoughts. There is a, I, I, I just encourage you to evict some of the squatters that have been taking up real estate in your thought. Who thinks your thoughts? You do. And so evict the squatter that I call the inner critic, the one who tells you you're not good enough, that you're not going to make it, that things are so bleak, that inner critic that's always speaking critical about you. Evict them. Get, they don't belong there. Paul says, hey, think good, pure, positive thoughts. Evict the inner critic. Evict the worrier in your mind, not helping you. <laughs> worry has never made anything better. So evict worry. And uh, uh, I just encourage you to choose better thoughts by writing down on a computer or putting on three by five cards, put it on your phone, some thoughts that are better. And when those self-critical thoughts come and when those thoughts of worry come, Recognize these are squatters in my mind. I'd like to think better thoughts. I'm going to think on these things. So I'm going to look at the scriptures that say, I am a beloved child of God. I am a son or a daughter of the Most High God. I am more than a conqueror through Christ. My God will supply all of my needs. We're going to get to that verse next week. My God will supply all my needs. Think on these things. Evict the critical voice. Evict the worrying voice. Evict the voice that robs you of your sleep. Evict the voice that, that causes you just to explode and react and come to a place of peace. This is what he asked you to do. And I would say that the best thought I could ask you to think would be the thought that says God is for me and he's not against me. That God is with me and he's not far away from me. And as these Time out times are with us. And maybe you've got some stress in your home and in your relationship. God would like to bring peace because he is the Prince of Peace. I'd like you to think this thought. Jesus Christ has come to take away all of your sin and all of your shame. You can receive his grace today. No one is too far away from God. If you take one step towards God, that's the step of faith, God will come running towards you and will help you in the midst of these difficult times. So I invite you right now, right wherever you are, in your home, in your office, in your hotel room, I invite you to open your heart to the presence and the power of Jesus Christ. He will help you through. And pray simply like this, dear God, I turn away from my sins. You are taking them away. I turn away from my shame. You are taking them away. And Jesus, I open my heart. And I want to receive your 
grace. I receive your love, your forgiveness. I receive Jesus Christ as my Savior and as my Lord. Amen. That kind of prayer will change your world. So I encourage you to let us know because we want to know if you're making a choice for Jesus today on some of the platforms, you can raise your hand just as a testimony. Do that. I am choosing Jesus. I'm choosing Christ today. We also encourage you to text in so we can send you a free ebook that will help you. Just text the word yes to our text number 941-260-1321. It'll be in the comments. I'm going to say it again. It's 941-260-1321. And I just pray that you will walk with the peace of God and the presence of God. And don't be stressed out, be blessed out. Hey, I love you, and I pray the blessing of the Lord to be with you today and every day. I bless you in the strong, mighty name of Jesus. And in Jesus' name, you are very blessed. We'll see you soon. 